The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you. At that time, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman of that district came and called out, Have pity on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But Jesus did not say a word in answer to her. Jesus' disciples came and asked him, Send her away, for she keeps calling out after us. He said in reply, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But the woman came and did Jesus homage, saying, Lord, help me. He said in reply, It is not right to take the food of the children and throw it to the dogs. She said, Please, Lord, for even the dogs eat the scraps that fall from the table of their masters. Then Jesus said to her in reply, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And the woman's daughter was healed from that hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Have pity on me, Lord. My daughter is tormented by a demon. This poor woman comes to Jesus crying out for help. And what's the response of the disciples? Send her away. They're basically saying to Jesus, Lord, she's not one of us. She doesn't have a right to the promises of the covenant. A couple of weeks ago, I preached about God's covenant promise. Covenant is one of the most important themes in all of Scripture. God made his covenant with the people of Israel. They are the chosen people. And Jesus came first and foremost for the people of the covenant, the people of the promise. That's why he says to this woman in the gospel today, he says, look, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, this woman was a Canaanite, a Gentile. Israel would have considered her an enemy. They would have considered her a pagan. She had no right, no claim to the promises of the covenant. And so the disciples are basically saying to Jesus, tell her to get lost. She's not one of us. And the amazing thing is that Jesus' reaction seems to affirm the disciples' belief. She cries out to the Lord for help, and he responds by stating his mission. He says, first and foremost, that he was sent for the people of the covenant, that Jesus came to gather the scattered tribes of Israel, to gather them into one. But she continues desperately. She says, Lord, help me. And then he seems to insult her by calling her a dog. So we got to ask, what's going on here? This is Jesus. Why is he doing this? Then something happens. 
As she persists, he praises her faith, and then he heals her daughter. Now, some biblical commentators believe that in order to radically change the disciples' understanding of who was actually worthy of God's salvation, Jesus, in a sense, played the part here. In other words, he went along with the narrative that she was this outsider, that she was this foreigner. And then, bam, he drops a bomb on the disciples. He shocks them. Why? Because Jesus praises the faith of a pagan woman. He makes it clear at that moment that God's salvation is meant for everyone, that God's mercy is available to everyone. This moment would have radically shaped or reshaped the thinking of the disciples. Now, what do we hear in the prophet Isaiah today, the first reading? The Lord prophesies through Isaiah. He says, I will bring foreigners to my holy mountain. That prophecy is fulfilled in this woman's encounter with Jesus. Jesus affirms, yes, Israel is the chosen people. But they're chosen for the world. To bring salvation to the world. So how does this relate to us? It's always a really important question we need to ask ourselves when we are breaking open the scriptures, right? How does this relate to us? Well, my friends, how often do we consciously or unconsciously place people outside of God's salvation? We place people outside of the reach of God's mercy. We judge them. I know I do. In our minds or even in our speech, we think or we say, this person's not one of us. These people are our enemies. They don't believe what we believe. They don't think the way we think. They look different. They act different. They believe differently. But by thinking this way, we are placing people outside of the reach of God's salvation, outside of the reach of God's mercy. Instead of judging, however, this gospel ought to motivate us to bring God's salvation and mercy to others. Jesus makes it clear in this gospel that his salvation is intended for every person, that his mercy is intended for every person. When I was first ordained, a little over 19 years ago, the first few years when I was stationed at St. Philip's in Greenville, once a month, I used to celebrate Mass at the boys' training school in Cranston. It's basically a prison for boys. And I really enjoyed it. They were always respectful. 
They were always grateful that I came to celebrate Mass with them and for them. God's salvation and mercy is meant for everyone. Deacon Fran last week talked about Father Bob Perrin, wonderful holy priest who died very suddenly a couple weeks ago. He was a good, faithful man, a good, faithful priest. He touched a lot of lives in his prison ministry. God's salvation and mercy is meant for everyone. We can't put people outside of God's salvation and mercy. This is one of the reasons, by the way, that as Catholics, we should be opposed to the death penalty. The Lord desires all people to be saved. God does not want to lose anyone. He doesn't want to withhold his mercy from any person. So we, as Christians, should always have the hope that even the person who has committed the most heinous crime is still able to be saved by God's love and mercy. Yes, they need to be open, but we hold out that hope and we pray. And so instead of judging others to be outside of God's mercy and salvation, we should make a decision to bring God's mercy and salvation to others. That change in our mindset can literally change someone's life. As Jesus changed the minds and the lives of his disciples, that one day when he gave his mercy and salvation to a foreigner.